0: Listening to a Sharesys podcast.
1: Today on the show, Amazon moves its Lord of the Rings mega production out of New Zealand.
0: An uncertain outlook pushes back Air New Zealand's capital raise plans.
2: The Financial Markets Authority accuses a CEO of market manipulation.
1: It's Friday, the 13th of August. You are listening to Recap. Tanakoto Kato, I'm Joe Say. I'm a video and podcast producer.
2: At Sharesies.
0: I'm Alice. I'm a financial analyst at Sharesies.
2: Hey, I'm Hardy, head of operations, also at Sharesies. We're here to recap some of the events
1: shaping the share markets today so you can be a a more informed investor in around 10 minutes or so.
0: And as mentioned, we broadcast from Sharesies, a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation.
2: Before we get going, please listen to this important message.
0: Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with.
1: Any information we provide is general only and current at the time.
0: If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. Hey Hardy, welcome to the show. Welcome to Recap. Yay
1: for Hardy, he's here on the show. Uh, Hey, thanks for having me team. It's great that you're here mate. Great to have you here.
0: So it's casual Friday, that's Mm. why we've got Hardy in in the studio. Um, But before we get going, can you just tell us a little bit uh, more about what you do here at Sharesies?
2: Cool. So I'm the head of operations at Sharesies and our ops teams make sure that our investors are having lovable investing experiences and that money and investments are in the right place at the right time and always safe. What would be like a typical situation
1: that um, uh, where a Shizzy's investor might experience the work of the ops team? To be honest, when you say to the head of operations, when people talk about operations kind of you know in a corporate sense, I always can't get out of my head people running around with like you know, shotguns or, or AK-47s infiltrating like a, a, a country somewhere i imagine what you do is quite different
2: (laughs) maybe very different we have a lovely team of people in uh, operations at sharesies and we are everywhere so investors are having interactions with us all the time we're really behind the scenes making sure everything is running super smoothly with things like making sure you're getting super speedy responses to any queries you send through via our email uh, support or in-app messaging We've got the likes of our dealing team, who I like to describe as the shepherds of our algorithms that send your orders to the market. They make sure nothing gets stuck or goes astray. And we're also making sure your deposits are making it into your wallets and your withdrawals are being processed really quickly. Those are just a few examples.
0: Awesome, thanks Hardy. Uh, So let's get into it. Uh, Let's have a look at probably the big story of the day, well at least locally, Jose.
1: Right, so if you're not aware Amazon Studios, the video production wing of Amazon, has been filming the first season of a Lord of the Rings series for Amazon Prime, or I think Amazon Video actually it's called now. Feels like they've been shooting that forever. Yeah, I know, but not as nearly not as long as Avatar, right? But they've been started. Uh, they started filming in February last year and only just finished at the start of this month. The first season and uh, a couple of big numbers come in. The first season is reported to cost around six hundred and sixty-three million New Zealand dollars. Uh, the five-season series in total is budgeted at one point four billion New Zealand dollars, and this makes it the most expensive series ever made. Uh, As you'd imagine it's a huge production, well you'd hope it would be a huge production, Uh, it involves uh, 1,200 people locally um, which was a real sting in the tail because this morning crew on the production were told that the second season uh, would be shot in the UK.
0: But I thought that the deal was that they'd shoot the whole series here.
1: Uh, I thought that as well, but not quite. So what happened is they signed two memorandums of understanding to access a government subsidy of up to $160 million for season one. Uh, That's basically a tax credit of 20%, with an additional 5% of production remained in the country after season one. And that's kind of a normal uh, uh, subsidy that the government hands out to overseas film productions here. But remember, that was only for season one. So did Amazon say why they were moving production to the UK? They haven't said directly yet, but looking at reporting in the Hollywood press and comments by the government this morning, it looks like it was purely a commercial decision. So firstly, Amazon's been investing in production spaces in the UK. They've filmed and are filming a number of series there. Uh, At least half the cast are from the UK. So New Zealand's um, COVID policy uh, meant that most of them were here for two years, at any time they or other members of the crew wanted to leave, they'd have to spend time in MIQ on the way back. And the way the border was managed, only, some people, only so many people could uh, travel in and out. Um, I also read a Deadline article that suggested that Amazon executives couldn't get in regularly to oversee the shoot.
0: So is that it? Are they just packing up shop and is, is that it for production here in New Zealand?
1: No, no. Season one post-production continues into New Zealand in New Zealand until uh, June next year. But Alice, I hear you've got an update for us from Air New Zealand today. Is I right? sure do. Oh, great. Right? Now, last week on Recap, we did talk about Air New Zealand and we talked about them giving an update on their business because of the trans-Tasman travel bubble closure.
0: That's right. So in that announcement last week, they said they'd now expect to make a greater loss for the financial year than what they'd earlier indicated.
2: So what was their news today?
0: So Air New Zealand came out this morning to say they're pushing back on their plans to raise more capital or money uh, for the business until early next year. Now previously it had been planning on raising some capital by the end of September. In fact that date had already been pushed back. Um, Originally they'd said they wanted to do this by the end of June.
2: Hey, so is this delay related to the travel bubble closure and travel restrictions in place at the moment?
0: It sure is. So this announcement came off the back of, um, so came off the back of the New Zealand government's plans to reconnect New Zealanders to the world that they talked about yesterday. Now, after this, the Minister of Finance Grant Robertson sent a letter to Air New Zealand to say that the conditions are too uncertain and unstable to be able. to... Um, to able the Crown to support the equity raise at this time. uh,
1: So why is the government getting involved?
0: Now the government is actually a majority shareholder in Air New Zealand. It owns about 52% of the company. And basically the government wants it to stay that way. So Air New Zealand needs the government support um, when it's raising capital. It needs the government to participate in the capital raise so that it maintains that majority shareholding.
1: Okay, so what happens now that Air New Zealand can't do this capital raise? Surely they still need money of some sorts.
0: Yeah, so money from the capital raise was going to repay the debt that Air New Zealand took out from the government during the pandemic last year. Uh, Air New Zealand still has more money available from the government that it can take out as a loan, and that's what it plans to do here. So they they said they expect to draw down further on this loan facility. But um, Hardy. I'm keen to hear more about your story today.
2: So today I've got a story involving the FMA, a mining company and an online forum.
1: Oh, sounds tasty. But first of all,
2: what is the FMA? So for those who don't know, FMA stands for Financial Markets Authority and they're the government agency responsible for regulation of financial markets in New Zealand. So in this story, the FMA has filed civil high court proceedings against Matthew Hill Who's the CEO of NZX listed New Talisman Gold Mines? And what that's for is they've alleged information based market manipulation and making false and misleading representations. And the whole case relates to anonymous posts by Mr. Hill that he allegedly made about the company on the Share Traders website, which is an online investing forum. Right. So, what's he alleged to have done on the website? So, the FMA claim that between February 2013 and July 2020, Mr Hill made dozens of posts on ShareTrader in a thread about New Talisman under two usernames, and they also assert that Mr Hill did not disclose his involvement with the company.
0: Okay, so let's just go back a step. Uh, What is market manipulation?
2: Well, market manipulation is the act of artificially inflating or deflating the price of a security, or otherwise influencing the behavior of the market for personal gain. And what it comes down to is two types of market manipulation. The first is called information-based manipulation. And that's when someone says something or shares information about an investment that they know or could know contains information that is false or seriously misleading. So market manipulation occurs if what they say is likely to make a person trade in that product, affect its price or influence the way That someone will vote or make their decisions around that investment
0: okay well how would someone actually do that like what are some examples of this
2: so there's two great ones here the first is pump and dump and the second is poop and scoop
1: (laughs) are those actual like like official terms yes they
2: they seem to be (laughs) you didn't just make them up no i'm not the first person to say (laughs) these words all right so pump and dump is when a manipulator pumps up the price of an investment so an example of that could be telling everyone that the company is undervalued, before dumping or selling their shares when the price increases off the back of that news. And poop and scoop is when someone talks down the price of an investment. So it could be saying that the industry is facing issues, um, you know, things aren't going well, something along those lines, before then buying the undervalued shares when they go down. Got you. So what's the second type of manipulation? So the second type is what's called transaction-based manipulation. And that's where someone does something or chooses not to do something through their orders or trades in the market. And it's the same thing here. So those things could give a false or misleading impression about a financial product. So an investment, and so that could be things about its popularity or price, for example. and an example of that would be someone might attempt to manipulate the market by placing orders to buy some shares when they don't actually want or intend to buy them in the first place. And what that would do is give the impression of demand for these shares, so mm, right. showing everyone that someone wants to buy them, but you actually have no intention of doing that.
0: Right. So, so this is, um, you know, a big no-no when you're when you're um, in financial markets. Does this apply to any trade, like any size or value?
2: Yes, it does. So the size or the value of an audit doesn't actually matter if its purpose was manipulation. It's also totally irrelevant whether someone makes any financial gain or whether their actions actually affected the market. The The test uh, in the law and the regulation is that uh, whether it was likely to give false or misleading impressions.
1: Okay, so how does, exactly, how, how does market manipulation break the law?
2: That's a really great question. So... The FMA's mission here is to make New Zealand financial markets fair, efficient and transparent and that's doing things like making sure our markets reflect genuine supply and demand and that also serves to preserve their integri- integrity and reputation, not just here in New Zealand but around the world really. So if investors think that the value of financial products that they're investing in are being you know, recklessly influenced, um, there's dishonesty happening, they can't trust the prices or what's going on in the market, it can have a real serious impact on investors' confidence and ultimately make people less likely to want to trade and, you know, in turn that makes it really difficult for companies that are listed. It can make it harder and more expensive for them to raise capital and overall it just really hurts the economy.
1: Right, so I mean this is kind of like the ba- you know, one of the big, the, the basis of the free market, it can't really exist without a level playing field of information, Right. We kind of all have, to to be fair, we kind of have to be working and acting on the same information as everybody else.
2: Yeah, it's all about having a level playing field that you can trust. Yeah,
1: thanks so much.
2: So what happens now with this case? So the claim is now before the courts who are going to ultimately decide its merits.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much, Hardy. And that means it's the end of the show that was Friday the 13th of August you've been listening to Recap and thanks so much for doing so and thanks to Hardy
0: thank you Hardy for joining us today
1: yay did you have a good time this is amazing right you had such a good time yeah it was great thank you we we, we enjoyed having you
0: Uh, now if you are enjoying what you hear please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts but we'll be back next week have a great weekend
1: Matiwa. see you then
0: see you then